So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. There's some things in life that just make you sit and think, like a train on Highway 10 on Sunday morning, park there for 30 minutes as a certain Lutheran pastor is trying to get to church. You have to think about things. Now the question of the day that you have to think about, especially on Palm Sunday, is this. Who is Jesus? That's the question. Now logically, you only have three answers, okay? You don't want to be completely insane. You've got to answer in one of three ways. Okay, he is either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. It's called the trilemma. You've got three answers when it comes to the question of who Jesus is. None of this whole, oh, he's just a good teacher kind of business. Okay, that's nonsense. You can't say things like, I am God. You cannot say things like, before Abraham was, I am and just be a good teacher if you're not actually God. Okay? Good teachers don't lie. So either he's God or he's a liar. Or he's actually delusional enough to believe it. Who is Jesus? Well, Peter answers the question, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, yeah, you're right. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Now don't tell anybody. Keep it a secret. And then six days later, they go up the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is transfigured before their eyes, as bright as the sun. Peter, James, and John were there. And again, Jesus tells them, shh, keep it on the down and low. Don't tell anybody that I am the Christ. But now on Palm Sunday, the secret is allowed to be out. The time for hiding is over. Okay? Nobody walks into Jerusalem like this. If they don't want attention. Okay, Jesus is clearly a prophet. And Jerusalem's favorite pastime is killing prophets. And so we will dwell on three things today. Three things that Jesus uses on Palm Sunday to reveal to us who he is. Now the question at the end is, do you actually believe him when he tells you? Now those three things are this. It's the donkey. Second, the palm branches. And third... The cloaks. So donkey, palm branches, and cloaks. First, the donkey. Now, we think of donkeys a little bit differently than they did in the Bible. Eddie Murphy's donkey wants to be a stallion because that is the royal animal. And the first thing we think of when we see a donkey on Palm Sunday is probably humility. But that is not at all how the Bible describes donkeys. Jair the Gileadite, he was a judge in the book of Judges. And when you hear judge in the Bible, it does not mean somebody with the gavel. It's more like a king, a king before the kings. Now, Jair had 30 sons, and they rode on 30 donkeys, and they ruled 30 cities. And then there's Abdon. He had 40 sons and 30 grandsons, and they rode on 70 donkeys to rule the land. And then there's King Saul, first king of Israel, but before Saul can be anointed the king of Israel, he has to find his father's donkeys. And then there's Absalom, that son of David, a complex figure. He actually stole the throne away from his dad, but he was, in one sense, the king of Israel. Well, Absalom was riding on a donkey before he was killed by hanging on a tree. 
Okay, I'll just repeat that. The son of David was riding on a donkey before he was hung from a tree. And then there's Solomon, the legitimate king, the son of David, who for his coronation rode on a donkey. So Palm Sunday is Jesus finding a donkey so that he can be a judge just like in the book of Judges. Palm Sunday is Jesus finding a donkey so that he can be a king, just like in the book of Kings. And John quotes Zechariah 9.9, Behold, your king, king is coming to you riding on a donkey's colt. Except, <laughs> it's not entirely about humility for John, because Zechariah 9.9 talks about humility. Behold, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey. That's what the Old Testament Zechariah 9.9 says. Well, if you actually looked at John 12 when he quotes it, John takes out all mentions of humility. He doesn't care about humility. It is all about the king coming to you. So that's the donkey. Jesus is claiming to be king. Second now, the palm branches. Now, all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all record Palm Sunday. They all record the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. But only John tells us that the branches were indeed palm branches. So only one out of the four Gospels tell us it was actually palm branches. But it's such a big deal that they were, that this Sunday is now known as Palm Sunday. Now what's the deal with the palm branches? Well, palm trees, palm branches, they appear all throughout the Bible. One fun thing to do is to go to a concordance that is an index of all the words in the Bible... And you can find one online. Bible Gateway has a good one. Just type it in and you can see all the places where palm trees pop up. And they pop up all over the place, all the way from Exodus to Revelation. In fact, in Revelation, the saints are standing before the Lamb of God on his throne, praising him. And what do they have in their hands? Palm branches. Now, for our sake today, we will focus on one aspect of these palm branches, and that is the Feast of Booths. Okay, John, he's the only gospel writer who tells us that Jesus observed the Feast of Booths. Now, the Feast of Booths is also known as the Feast of Tabernacles, also known as the Feast of Ingathering. Okay, it's all three of these things. The point of the Feast of Booths is that God dwelled among his people in a tabernacle. He dwelled among them in the wilderness when it looked like there was no hope with them in booths. And the people looked back on that time and they looked forward to the future when God would again dwell with his people. And in fact, ingather all the nations to surround him. That's what they look forward to. And God told the people on the Feast of Booths, this is Leviticus 23, take palm branches and rejoice before the Lord for seven days. In fact, one thing we know that the Israelites did during the Feast of Booths, they would take their palm branches and they would read Psalm 118. It's the great last halal psalm. They read six psalms, 113 to 118, during these great festivals. And 118 was the climax. And when they got to Psalm 118, verse 25, with the palm branches in their hands, verse 25 says this, Hosanna, save us now, O Lord. We pray, give us success. And so when they would say Hosanna and they had the palm branches in their hand, they were actually standing around the altar. And one thing they would do is they would actually whip the altar. They would 
beat the altar, and they would say, Hosanna, save us, O altar, we pray. Now, the reason they did this was because they recognized that the altar was the very presence of God. It was the very presence of Yahweh. And so, when these people on Palm Sunday have palm branches in their hand and cry out, Hosanna to Jesus, it is nothing less than a full-throated confession that Jesus is God. He is Yahweh come in the flesh. Okay, the donkey, Jesus is king. The palm branches, Jesus is God. And perhaps now we come to the most alarming of the things that happened on Palm Sunday, and that would be the cloaks. Now, as I said, all four gospel writers record Palm Sunday. John does not tell us about the cloaks, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke do. All three synoptic writers tell us that the people took off their cloaks, set them on the road, and had Jesus and the donkey walk over them. Now this type of thing, this royal laying out of the red carpet, it only happens one time in the entire Old Testament. It was when Jehu was anointed to be king of Israel. So Jehu was anointed to be king of Israel. The people take off their cloaks and Jehu walks on them. Now that's significant in itself. But what's even more significant is what Jehu's mission was. Jehu was anointed to completely destroy King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. Okay, Jehu is the most violent of all the kings of Israel. He assassinates people left and right by divine decree. He kills all sorts of people. Ahab dies. He kills off his entire line. Queen Jezebel dies. She's eaten and licked up by the dogs. Jehu takes his throne through violence. Jehu becomes king through the shedding of blood. And so if you're in Jerusalem and you see a guy walk in on cloaks, you would be alarmed because the claim is that Jesus is coming to establish his kingdom through violence, through the shedding of blood. And that is exactly what Jesus does. Okay, he rides in on a donkey because he's the king. And if you read the synoptic accounts, it almost seems as if Jesus gets on that donkey and he goes straight to the temple without getting off of it. And he walks into the temple like he owns the place. Because he does. And he walks in and he violently overturns the tables to clean house. There's no more going back. Jesus chooses Palm Sunday as the moment of confrontation. He is being provocative on purpose. If he wanted to, he could escape. They tried to stone him before, but he just walked right through their midst. But the time for that is, in fact, over. Jesus is daring Jerusalem to kill him. If he wanted to, he could call down legions of angels from heaven. But he doesn't do that because Jesus wants to die. Jesus, in fact, needs to die. Because then and only then can he say, it is finished. Only when Jesus dies can he say, Father, forgive him. And so he dares them to kill him. And they do. But not before they put a crown of thorns on his head. But he gladly wears it as his royal diadem. He dares them to kill him, and they do. But when they put him on the cross, they enthrone him. Okay, this is who Jesus claims to be on Palm Sunday. The Christ, the King, Yahweh himself, and the fulfillment 
of all the scriptures. This is what Jesus is saying on Palm Sunday. He is claiming to be the fulfillment of the Feast of Booths. He's claiming to be the fulfillment of the Passover, as he is the Passover lamb who takes away the sin of the world. He is the descendant of Eve who will strike the serpent on his head. He is the son of David who will sit on David's throne for forever. He is the greater Absalom who rides on a donkey before he hangs from a tree. He is the greater Solomon who rides on a donkey for his coronation. He is the greater Isaac, the son of Abraham, who actually dies on a mountain. There is no more sacrificial substitutionary ram because Jesus is that substitute. Okay, that is who Jesus claims to be. The question now is, who do you, who do you say that Jesus is? Now some say Elijah. They said that when Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, because Eli sounds an awful lot like Elijah. Others say John the Baptist. That's what Herod thought. Herod thought Jesus was John the Baptist come back from the dead. Others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Some say he's just a good teacher. Others might even say he's a liar or a lunatic. But Peter, Peter says that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter's absolutely right. If you need proof for that claim, well, let's just meet at the tomb next Sunday.